You are now tuned in to the December 26th podcast, where we encourage you to be extraordinary on an ordinary day. Hey, 26er fam, welcome to another episode of the December 26th podcast. I am your host, Delisha. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. Now, before we jump right into today's topic, a quick reminder. Don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. I am incredibly grateful for all of the feedback you guys have sent me, either via text if you know me personally or through social media. But if you're enjoying the content, don't keep it to yourself. Tell the public, tell the world, tell a friend. Hey, I found this podcast. I'm really digging the content. I think you might enjoy it too. Check it out here. Much appreciated. Now let's get into it. I have a confession to make. So we're only a few weeks into the year and I am already feeling pretty worn out. I'm finding that my sleep patterns are all over the place. I'm having a little bit more difficulty getting up in the morning. But once I do get up, I am running 100 miles an hour from the time my day starts until the moment that it ends. And when I do take a moment to decompress by watching a film or a TV show, usually within the first five to 10 minutes, that film or show is watching me. So I know when that happens, it's a telltale sign that I am completely exhausted. That is not a good space for anybody to be in. And I know personally, when that happens, I end up feeling a little short on patience or just like I don't have the capacity to meet all of my obligations. And when I get in that kind of mood, I know it's time to take a step back and do a real gut check. So that's what I did. I really wanted to check in with myself and figure out how I was doing emotionally, whether I was in the right headspace or not, how I'm feeling in terms of my physical well-being, and also just assess what's been going on in my life that has driven me to this point and my obligations moving forward. And in doing this, what I realized is that for a period of months, I have been overextended between work, family, and other social obligations, this little podcast that I have been researching and planning for long before it launched, and also people calling in personal favors. It's a lot. And my cup was running over. I was not just at capacity. I was over capacity. And to make matters worse, I couldn't really see an end in sight. I didn't really see the light at the end of the tunnel. So my first knee-jerk reaction was to really fall into that space of like victimhood. Oh my gosh, I have so much to do. Why is my to-do list so long? Why is everyone calling me? Why is everyone vying for my attention? Then I really had to put myself in check and say, hey D, nobody has a gun to your head. You are in this predicament because you fail to follow your own policies around setting personal boundaries. So listen, I hear this narrative all the time with 26er personalities. We're very giving people. We're overachievers. We believe we can do it all. We tend to say yes to things without even thinking about them, either because we're really excited about the opportunity or because we just want to help somebody or because we just frankly don't know how to say no. But often we get so far down the rabbit hole with all of the stuff we've now agreed to or just by way of making ourselves available to people as a listening ear or a shoulder to cry on or being the person that always has the answer and offering advice. And before you know it, everyone has been served except you. Everyone has gotten a piece of you and what you have to offer, and you have nothing left to feed your own soul and spirit. So today I want to talk about why 26ers have such a hard time setting boundaries and how you can start to get better at that. Now, I know this is an issue both in interpersonal relationships and also in work environments, and it can manifest in a few different ways. It could be just people always asking you to do something and feeling entitled to your talents 
and your gifts while giving nothing in return. It can show up and people just using you as an emotional dumping ground. So the person that they reach out to to dump all their negativity on, all their problems, etc. And that relationship is not reciprocal. Within your job, it can show up as you feeling like you're doing twice as much work as the person next to you who's being paid the same amount of money. And not only are you not getting any recognition for it or being adequately compensated, but you feel like the person above you may start to be treating you as if it's required. Now you've been doing it so long, they expect you to give 150% when your coworker over there is giving you 75 So how do we get in these predicaments? Why do we have such a hard time setting the appropriate boundaries? First and foremost, many of us have self-esteem, but we don't have self-worth. Now, you may be thinking that those two are one and the same. Not necessarily true. Self-esteem is what we think and feel about ourselves. Self-worth is recognizing that we're greater than all of those things. So I'll use myself for an example. I know that I'm a good lawyer. Nobody can take that away from me. I know that I'm a fierce negotiator. I know I can put all manner of complex contracts together. I take pride in that. But I had to ask myself one day, if that was taken away, if my ability to offer guidance to family and friends when they call me with a quick question, that's never quick, by the way, asking for legal advice, if my ability to help them was taken away, would I still find value in myself as a person? And would I still see myself as someone worthy of care, kindness, and respect? I can't say my answer to that question always would have been yes. And I'm sure for many of you, if you're honest with yourself, you would feel the same way. Now, for 26ers, oftentimes we end up in these lopsided relationships, whether they're professional or personal. And what I mean by lopsided is if you take away everything that you're giving in the relationship and in the way in which people are using you and taking from you, there's not much substance left. Now, all of the blame can't be placed on the other person because often 26er types We get a high of what we can do for others. We get a high from being the one that's needed, being the one who people come to and pull from on a consistent basis. It feeds us often in a very real way. But the problem is all it's feeding is your self-esteem. It is feeding that tape you've got playing in your head about what you think and feel about yourself and what you're good at. So let's ground this in a real world example. Let's say you're a really good listener. You're the person that people come to when they need to dump, when they need to vent, when they've had a bad day, when they're angry about something. You may even be in some unhealthy relationships where people see you as an emotional punching bag. So they take out their aggression on you because they know that you will take it and you will not draw a line in the sand and say, you will not talk to me like that. I don't like how this feels. And they they take advantage of that. If the very thought of you taking yourself out of that role for them, of being the listener, of being the one that takes all that negativity on, if that very thought makes you shudder and you can't even fathom what your relationship with them would be like or if it would be existent, if you didn't play that singular role for them, you might be in a situation where your self-worth is just not up to snuff. And don't feel bad about that. Many of us are in relationships, be it familial, friendships, working endeavors in which the other person, whether they even realize it or not, it can be on a subconscious level. The other person is present solely because of what we can do for them. And you've got to work on your self-worth and build it up to a point where you can actually say, you know what, I can release any relationship in which people do not respect my personal boundaries. I don't have to stick around and give of myself to my own detriment. Okay, the second reason why so many of us have such a hard time setting appropriate boundaries. 
We are afraid of disappointing others. Now, the unfortunate truth is that for many 26ers, I don't know if we're just hardwired this way or if it's the way we grew up and maybe environments where you felt your acceptance was tied to condition and that condition was you always behaving in the appropriate manner. But often we can't stand to see the disappointment in someone else's face or actually hear it in their voice when we don't do exactly what they want us to do. Even though we have agency over our own choices now as adults, sometimes we just really look for praise. And if that's not how someone responds, before we know it, we are beating ourselves up and drowning in guilt just because for once we did what was best for us. Now, one of my favorite quotes on this subject comes from Brene Brown. She says, Daring to set boundaries is about having the courage to love ourselves even when we risk disappointing others. I am a living witness that loving yourself and putting yourself first is not always easy, particularly if you are someone who has functioned their entire adult life without the appropriate boundaries. But it is a worthy exercise. You've got to work on telling yourself that, you know what, I'm allowed to put myself first sometimes, even if it means letting some other folks down. This leads me to the next reason why we have such a hard time setting appropriate boundaries. We are afraid to lose it all if a relationship does not function in the way that it always has. We have a fear that if we let someone down, they will reject us altogether. Now, this is genuine. I'm sure many of us have felt this at one point or another in our lives. And I don't mean to minimize it, but I'm going to sum this up very quickly. If you are in a situation where someone can cast you to the side or reject you because you have chosen in a single moment to do what's best for you and to put you first, that relationship didn't have a solid foundation to begin with. That person is requiring that you give them what they perceive to be your best, even if it's leaving you at your worst. And that is abusive. So while it might be painful in the moment, if the only solution is to allow that person to walk because they're not respecting your choices, you've got to do that and then work through your emotions around that departure from your life afterwards. Okay, the fourth and final reason why we often avoid boundary setting. It gives us an out. Sometimes we overextend ourselves because either subconsciously or consciously, we're trying to avoid focusing on our own dreams and needs. Yeah, I said it. It's an excuse. It's easy to keep replaying that narrative of victimhood or martyrdom because it's familiar. If you're the person that's always giving, giving, giving and not getting anything in return, if you remove yourself from the situations that put you in that position, now you're forced to stand squarely on your own two feet and look at what's left. And often what's left is all of the dreams and all of the goals that you haven't been focused on because you've been so busy helping other people. And sometimes we feel more secure in that. We feel more secure in saying I'm overextended because I'm helping everyone else and I don't have time to focus on what's important to me. We feel more secure in that than taking the leap and moving confidently towards what it is that we really want for our lives because we don't know whether we can accomplish it or we don't know the first step to take or we have this long list of fears that we haven't worked through. So it's just easier to follow that story that you've been telling. And it's a worthy story. It makes you look good, right? It makes you look like the person who's always sacrificed and put all of your needs on the back burner for other people. But frankly, you've got to get to a point where you just say, you know what? It's about me. I don't want to leave this earth with my dreams and accomplishments on a list somewhere or on a vision board and not actually realized. I'm going to keep it real with you. I'm not going for sainthood, okay? I consider myself a very giving person, yes. 
But when I'm long gone, I don't want people to say, you know what? She gave until she had nothing left to give. Nuh uh. I don't want that to be the narrative about me. I want them to say, she accomplished everything she was put on this earth to accomplish. She fulfilled her purpose 100%, and she gave generously in the process. That is what I want my story to be, and I want that to be the story for you as well. But to get there, you've got to get into the habit of drawing the line, setting the boundaries, and doing what's best for you sometimes. I know it's hard to get there all the time, but just start with sometimes. Now, I hope you know me well enough by now to know that I wasn't going to tell you to start without giving you some tips to help you, okay? So before we get out of here today, we're going to talk about how do you start to set better boundaries. First, you've got to get clear about your limits, be it physical, emotional, mental, or spiritual. You've got to decide what it is that you can and cannot tolerate and what you will or will not accept. And this is a highly personalized exercise. Your limits may not be the same as the limits for the next man. For example, I'm used to dealing with very aggressive personalities. However, I will not tolerate someone raising their voice at me in my profession. Now, the lawyer down the street, he may be okay with clients yelling or other attorneys yelling. Not me. You're not going to be raising your voice at me, okay? So the minute that happens, I'm going to shut that down and say, you know what? This is unacceptable. I need you to bring it down a few notches, and this conversation will not continue until you do. I know that is a personal limit for me. It is very triggering for someone to yell at me. I don't appreciate that. So I'm going to nip it in the bud right from the start. It's okay if that's not someone else's personal limit, but I have a right to claim it as my own and communicate that limit to someone else. Okay, next step in setting better boundaries. You've got to get in touch with your feelings and trust your triggers. If you're in a situation or an exchange and you're having feelings of discomfort and resentment, it is often one of two things. It's either a sign that you're pushing yourself beyond your own personal limits because you feel guilty, you want to be a good son or daughter, or a good friend or employee, or someone else is imposing their expectations, views, or values on you. Now, these feelings are common. So every time you feel uncomfortable or resentful, I'm not saying it's time to set a boundary. But if those feelings are continuous and say above a four on a scale from one to 10, it might be time to set that personal boundary. Next step, you have to manage expectations as early as possible. Oftentimes, we end up in these disputes or these uncomfortable situations, not because someone doesn't respect our personal boundaries, but simply because they had a different expectation. And that's due to the fact that we didn't communicate adequately at the start. So I get people asking me for favors all the time. And before, often, I would just say, yes, I will get to that as soon as I can. But what people often hear in that situation is, She's going to do it very soon, in the next day or so. Now, what soon as I can might mean for me is two weeks from now. But I wasn't telling anyone that. So I would end up in a situation where someone was feeling ignored or like I wasn't keeping my word. And all I'm thinking is, you just need to be patient. I haven't gotten to you yet. So now I have a personal policy. When someone asks me, can I do anything? I make very clear to them what I have the bandwidth for. So the parameters of whatever it is that I'm going to do for them and when I can do it. So I'll tell them flat out, okay, I'm able to take a quick look at that contract you've asked me to look at. And by quick, I mean, I can't revise it, but I can tell you what's wrong with it. And I'm not going to be able to do this for probably a full seven days. Then the onus is back on them to decide whether they want to wait for me or go ask someone else for help. So I encourage you to implement this in your own life. I don't care what it is. Somebody could be asking you, can you help me plan my birthday party? If you know your bandwidth is only enough to help them maybe find the caterer and pick out a menu, state that. Otherwise, you're going to be in a situation where 
someone thinks that you're going to be with them every step of the way. And now you're feeling offended that they're resenting you for not keeping up your end of the bargain. So just make sure if you are limited in what you can offer somebody that you set those expectations from the beginning. Next step, you have to be more assertive. If something is not working for you, you've got to just lay your cards out on the table and let the chips fall where they may. I've been in situations where I felt uncomfortable or I felt my resentment growing and I feel someone crossing my boundaries and not respecting my limits. And over time, there are certain phrases that I've learned to use to really stop them in their tracks. First, this doesn't feel constructive. Or if I'm in a professional setting, I may change that to this is not conducive to a productive work environment. I might also say something like, you know what, I don't want to continue this conversation or I'm not comfortable in this conversation. Or when someone's asking me to do something that I don't feel comfortable with, I may say something like, no, I'm sorry, I cannot help you with that. Be clear. You can give people the what, but you don't have to give them the why. All of those are complete sentences, okay? That's a complete statement. Don't let them push you into this back and forth or them pretending like they don't understand what you're saying. You can draw a line in the sand. Those statements are very black and white and move on. If somebody's not respecting that, you have the right to cut them off and hang up or walk away. Now, a quick caveat. When we're talking about an employer-employee situation or a client situation, you might want to tread a little more lightly. And I get that. But it doesn't mean that a conversation cannot be had. So if you feel that you have a boss or a client that's not respecting boundaries or testing your limits, you can start the conversation by saying, listen, we've been going about things this way. And I want to try a different method that I think might be more effective and useful for me. Start there. Also, you can reprogram your boss's or client's expectations by changing your behavior. If you're someone who's been jumping through hoops and burning the candle at both ends to meet excessive demands on the part of a boss or a client, so you're starting early, working late, really going above and beyond, sometimes you just got to change your ways. So do what you have to do, obviously. Meet the expectations of the job. However, stop making yourself readily available at all times of the day and night. Over time, they're either going to get the message or they're going to broach the subject with you, which is going to open the door for a productive conversation. Now, last step for today for setting better boundaries. You have to reclaim your time. Shout out to our political auntie, Maxine Waters, but I digress. Listen, I know we all have really busy schedules and competing demands, but you have to carve out a little time and space in your week every week that is just for you. I try to do that on Saturday or Sunday morning. I call it Sacred Saturday morning or Sacred Sunday morning. One day each weekend, if I can help it, I block out the outside world. I don't take calls. I don't do any work. I just sip my chai tea latte or my espresso. I read pop culture news, maybe even fold a little laundry. I find that to be a little cathartic or watch my Shondaland shows. Anything that gives me a chance to just decompress without interruption. So final point, I am not naive. I know folks have families, they have really demanding jobs and all types of competing priorities, but you have got to find the time each week to just be. It is critical to keeping feelings of resentment at bay, to keeping feelings of being overextended to a minimum, and just for recharging your battery. So do what you need to do. Make the adjustments to carve out that time and space that is just for you. I promise you, the more you do this, the easier it will be to set better boundaries out in the world. And also, as an added bonus, you'll probably find that you're a better employee, a better parent, a better partner, 
a better friend. So do it for you. You deserve it. We are just about out of time. But before I go, please don't forget to rate, review, share and subscribe. And as always, remember, be extraordinary on an ordinary day. Take care. Thank you for listening to the December 26er podcast. I am your host, Delisha. This episode was produced by Demarcus Adisa, and music was provided by Dovo. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at December 26er. That's December 26ER.